On your journey through life, you are the hero. There are times, however, when it is beneficial to have an advisor to guide you along your path. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with Brent Mikosh, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Co-Founder of MP Advisors, LLC. In this podcast, Brent discusses some of the most important and interesting topics of the day as they relate to finance, the economy, and beyond. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Smart Money Simplified podcast with Brent Mikosh. Brent, Happy New Year. Good to be with you again. Happy New Year to you as well. It's January 5th, and we are back at it. How was your New Year's? Did you do anything special? It was... uh... Our Christmas was wonderful, and then the grandkids got us sick, so New Year's was a little subdued. <laughs> there you go. I think I've got a little bit of that today, so I'm going to apologize in advance. My voice is a little bit raspy. We had uh, we had a wonderful Christmas, actually. We, had, we ended Excellent. up having 17, 17 people at the house. It was one of the situations where about a week before Christmas, we had seven or eight people that were going to come by, and then my wife just started collecting people you know, as, <laughs> as Christmas Day arrived. But we, had, we had a full house. It was great. Um, I'm a big one for staying home New Year's Eve. And so we stayed home and cooked. And I think everyone but me was in bed by about 930. I, I did make it till 12 because I felt obligated to do so. But here we are, start of the new year and, and pressing forward. And whatever whatever crud you had around the holidays, it's it's slowly descended upon me this week, I think. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because it's been a bear. It's been two weeks at our house. So what's on the table today? I'm fired up today. Uh, we have a really fantastic guest. I have Rachel Liebowitz, and I'm going to look right at her LinkedIn profile as I introduce her here, because she uh, she touts herself as the wife of a driven entrepreneur, empowering, C- empowering COOs around the country. She's an author. She is a speaker. She is a professional EOS implementer. For people that don't know what EOS is, I'm sure we're going to talk about that today. And she's also the mom of three young entrepreneurs in the making. And we uh, had the good fortune to meet in December, we spoke a little bit offline uh, that final week of December coming into January. And she's she's got something really, I think, that's going to be very, very powerful for people that are listening that are either entrepreneurs themselves or married to entrepreneurs. And she is developing something called the Driven Spouse Forum. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that today. But Rachel, I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate you taking time to talk to Bill and I. And uh, first, did I introduce you okay? Or is there anything you'd like to add to that? You did a perfect job. Nothing needed to add. All right. Well, give give us a little bit of your background away from just the intro that I I sent out there. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. This is the first podcast that I'm doing about the Driven Spouse Forum. So I am super excited to put this out into the world. It's so important for me that this message gets out there. A little background about me. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So my parents had a business. So I've seen the dynamic of couples and business from a very young age. I always, you know, I, I was always fascinated by how like when I think back, I'm like, who really drove the business? Was it my mom or my dad? I can't tell, you know, because like one gave advice, the other one was working in the business, but then my mom would go down at night and together orders, right? Also, most fascinating for me was to watch how employees acted very differently when my parents were around versus when they weren't. <laughs> it's got me to go and study business behavioral science, which came in very valuable as an EOS implementer, I feel like being an EOS implementer encapsulates, it's all about human energy. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Fast forward 
met my husband, got married, and we acquired this business called Polycraft. We print on flexible packaging. So we do like potato chip bags, bread bags, pillow bags. We print those bags. We bought the business and, you know, it was doing okay. But being my husband is very uh, creative guy. He grew the business very fast. At one point, we felt like the wheels were falling off the bus. That's when we found what EOS is. EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It was founded by Gino Wickman. And the idea of this system is to get everybody in the company on the same page about where we're going and how we're going to get there. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs wake up in the morning and they're so excited. They feel like they can accomplish the world. And I get that. Like my husband would wake up and be like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And about like at one o'clock in the afternoon, he would call me. He would sound very down and be like, never mind. I'm selling this thing. Right. (laughs) And then then at like five o'clock, I would get a call and he's like, I have this freaking brilliant idea. I'm going to buy back at a loss. Right. So (laughs) there's all in one day. Well, in one day. So the ups and downs of a visionary, when you have a system in place that tells you, okay, when I had that moment of sanity, I made the decision that within a year, I'm going to grow the business to X amount. I'm going to improve my processes. And then you have the people in your leadership team and beyond all understanding your goals and getting on the same page with accountability where everybody on every day, week, month is consistently executing on that vision. You create an open, healthy, cohesive environment where you are just growing because you are so healthy. So well, that is what EOS does. Yeah, I think in terms of EOS, and you're, you're talking obviously about the EOS same system outlined in the book Traction, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's that's a book that uh, was a fourth quarter read for me, and actually we're going to be seeking to implement that uh, in our organization over the course of the following year. So it's 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 it all makes sense because particularly an issue that um that, that my my team here, which they're absolutely fantastic and wonderful, and some days I don't know how they deal with me. They don't always know what's going on in my brain. Like I've got this plan that I want to implement, but I haven't brought them on brought them on the ride and they're not they're not always as clear as they as as i should have them about what the goals are what the objectives are where we're trying to take it powerful stuff yeah right so my motive for becoming an implementer was about you know helping more businesses but actually helping those business owners families because when a business owner has clarity and when they're not all over the place at the end of the day they go home to their spouse and they're just a better spouse it totally changed our marriage. It changed our life. Right. And so tell me that when your your husband was really growing the business, you were there supporting him as well. There were some hiccups. How how did that how did that off and on and that sort of passion around the business impact your marriage being Ooh. on the other side of that? So oftentimes when entrepreneurs are building businesses, they they get super hyper focused on that growth, on that goal. And as a spouse, I felt like the business gets the best of you. I get the rest of you. You know, they arrive home tired, uninterested. Like if I want to talk about my child that's not feeling well or my client that had this funny story happening, they're like exhausted. They're like, I really don't care. I just want to go to bed. Right. So there's that disconnect that can happen. And we had to work very hard not to, you know, fall apart and and create that gap that would be irreparable in some marriages. 
I mean, did you feel like in this, I, I finished uh, last quarter also, I read Isaacson's book on Elon Musk, which is absolutely fantastic. And we're, we're probably talking, at least in my view, the greatest visionary of my lifetime. And that's, you know, you encompass jobs and every, a lot of other people involved in, in that. I think Musk is the guy. All of his personal relationships in terms of marriages are wildly dysfunctional. I mean, why do you think that that is, given your experience working with entrepreneurs and their spouses? What I've realized, and by doing the research to back that up, is that entrepreneurs are most of the time, the higher the entrepreneur, the more compulsive they are, okay? So the definition, people use the word addicts or and all that, but really the underlying root of addiction is compulsivity. Compulsivity is a normal person, how do they make a decision? They have a thought, it creates a feeling, and then they take an action based on the feeling. People that are compulsive, they skip the feeling part. They just go thought action, thought action. By the time they're feeling, it's too late. They're, they're, so they're constantly trying to cover up that feeling of not being good enough or fixing that feeling that they had, shame, fear, that they're just doing action, 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 action. So, and Justin Breen, who is brilliant, wrote in his Inc. article that oftentimes he's seen that the greatest entrepreneurs have ADD, anxiety, great trauma. And he says, like, they're the most functioning, dysfunctional people on the planet, which is absolutely true. And if you read Isaacson's book on Elon Musk, he talks about how severely he was bullied as a child. He ended yeah. up he ended up in the hospital. So think about the layers of armor he had to create in order to come out and look like a hero. So nobody could ever hurt him again. So right. that's what entrepreneurs are doing. You're still trying to prove somebody. You're that seven-year-old trying to prove your teacher wrong, your parent wrong. That is how you're operating. And do you think that's, that some of the great vision that entrepreneurs have has stemmed from that trauma? Is it? Is, are you getting the vision because of your escaping what's right in front of you and you're trying to think of what is possible or is it just, or is it, do they get the great trauma because they're a little different than everybody else? I mean, which came first? That's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both based on Dr. Doug Brackman, author of driven. He is a genius and he does a lot of work around neuroscience. And he says that the brains and the DNA of driven people are different the D2-D4 gene that is responsible for registering dopamine is mutated in people that are driven, which means that they don't, their brain doesn't recognize that they've got enough dopamine. So they're constantly looking for more. Dopamine is the same chemical you receive when you do drugs and when you drink and all that other stuff. So it kind of, that confirmed to me that entrepreneurs fall into the category of addicts because it's all about dopamine. So you, instead of using drugs or whatever, whatever the chemical is they're using, the world around them almost as a, a giant source of dopamine by molding it and changing it to what they want. I often say that entrepreneurs, the world is their casino. Yeah, yeah that's a great way to put it. Now, here's what's interesting. So if you look at you know, EOS framework, you've got your visionary, which is the what and why, you know, like, where, where are we going to go? What are we like? Why are we doing what we're doing? Now, you are an implementer, 
married to a visionary. And implementers are, are kind of the who in the house. So you've got the, the dreaming up here. You've got real life and the real world right here. And going back to Isaacson's book on Musk, Musk had very famously at this point, I think now said to one of his first wives that if you were my employee, I would have fired you like 10 times already or something paraphrasing, but something to that effect. So you're kind of creating in that relationship, that spousal relationship with a visionary and an implementer. There's a natural tension there in terms of personalities. Is that what you found? Yes, but I'm going to correct you on the wording. Okay, so there is visionaries and then there's integrators. So okay. that's the second in command of a visionary, a COO. Right. An implementer is a coach you hire for your business to help you, yeah. implement EOS. Naturally, as a person, I am a visionary. I have a seven quick start. So our life is pretty fascinating. I think my kids will be able to write a book on the life that we they grew up in because two spouses, both having high quick starts. My husband is a nine and I'm a seven. So we're just, I say we constantly drink each other's Kool-Aid. Um, but but I, I wonder how many spouses are like that. But in this relationship, I play the role of second in command. I play the role of integrator. Now, I have found, based on the research, vision visionaries being driven, being compulsive. If you do the math, they attract people that are other-focused, I call it, people that are enablers. And I'm not using that word in a bad way. There are people that their DNA is wired in a way where they love to help be needed. They love to feel useful. They don't need things to be focused on their vision, but they love making other people's visions happen. So that is the law of attraction that I am finding in visionaries and integrators in the workplace and spouses and entrepreneurs at home. So, so this is really the foundation of the Driven Spouse, spouse Forum. 100%. It's, it's understanding the fact that every relationship will have one person that is self-focused. Self-focused means that they're hyper-focused on a goal and they only, they see the world from a space of like, how do I look? So they think when they look at people, it's, they put themselves in the center of it. Other focused people are very obsessed and think about what do others think of me? They're always worried about not feeling good enough or being enough. Like if you talk to the typical entrepreneur, they care less about what the world thinks of them. So I'm a jerk. I don't give up. You know, if you talk to somebody that is a second in command or a spouse of an entrepreneur, they care very much about like, what does my spouse think of me? Am I doing a good enough job? Am I caring enough? But yeah, yeah. And, or, and you know, I think that if you have someone that by, you know, sheer force of their will and personality has been able to create something and you have a spouse that is enabling that the, the if you're fully enabling that as a spouse you're creating a very unbalanced relationship i would think 100 percent. so this concept is called relationship math i adapted it from psychologist ross rosenberg uh, he wrote the book the human magnet syndrome and he bases it on the narcissistic codependent relationship and at the end of the day 
each and every one of us has a little bit of narcissism and codependency within us. Visionaries drive more through that narcissistic fantasy. That's what Dr. Doug Brackman talks about. And that's the fantasy that if only I will do A, B, C, D, I will win. I will get to that goal. So it's very self-focused. Now, the spouse is very other-focused. If only I will please that person enough, be needed enough, being useful enough, they will like me, they will respect me. When either side falls too far on the spectrum, that becomes a very unhealthy relationship. So looking at Elon Musk... If he is so hyper-visionary, he is most probably very high on the narcissistic spectrum. Whoever he attracted as a spouse was most probably very highly codependent. I watched a TED talk from Justine Mosk, one of his one of his wives. It was his first and, wife, I believe. Okay. So yeah. what fascinated me the most was two things. Number one is how little she spoke about herself in that whole TED talk. It was all about Elon, 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 that shows you how other focused she is and how not in touch she is with who she is as a person. And number two, you can see resentment and pain coming through of her talking about how he is able to say no and accomplish so much as she most probably was not able to say no in that relationship and be her true self. The work of other focused people is to come more towards the center and become center focused and situation focused. That's the work of entrepreneurs too within the relationship. Because when you become center focused, you see each other, you understand each other's DNA, and you honor each other for who you are. You're raising kind of an interesting question here. As, as you're talking, my mind is going off into this story that i've got so i was a really a good friend of mine uh he's been very successful lives down in in florida and we were on his boat and we were um, cruising in those harbors where around palm beach and i mean you know like every, every pretty much every ceo you can think of has a super yacht that's that's parked somewhere around there and uh we're seeing the names of these different yachts and we're googling them and uh you can see who the owners are and who's who's they are and everything else and my friend said to me so you know what somebody's always got a bigger boat you know <laughs> and which is the truth but i think from a from an the super driven entrepreneurial standpoint there's always a desire for more 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 and part of me really honors and respects that because if you don't have that desire for more 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 then human our human race is just going to sit here and stagnate we're not going to go anywhere you need to have those people that are pushing the ball forward beyond what anyone else thinks is either sane or rational or possible but if you're married to that person, they're also looking at you as a spouse and saying more, 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 more. And no human being can measure up to someone's, to someone's ideal goal. D does that make sense? Absolutely. And imagine what that spouse feels like. Because like, if I deliver this beautiful dinner, right? A, a, a driven entrepreneur is like, oh, this is great. Imagine it would have had like a bigger stake, how much greater would it be, right? right. And and they're not, they're not looking to embarrass you or shame you, but 
they just imagine the next level. They're always looking at how much, like we go on vacation and my husband has this habit of like, imagine if this hotel would have this and it would have this. And I'm like, I don't want to imagine anything. I want to enjoy this hotel for what it is right now. He's right. imagining it because his brain is always five steps ahead. But if I made the booking, I feel like I can't, I can't please him. Can't, I can't, can't please him. Yep. never good enough, right? So what happens is in these conversations, I think it's important for couples to be very open and honest with each other. And at one point, you need to level the playing field. You need to have the conversation with your spouse and say like, look, I'm always going to work. I'm always going to drive my business and I'm always going to want more. The question is what damage is going to be created in that process? What's the effects on everybody else? And how can we mitigate that? So what do you need in order to feel seen, loved, secure, while I go out and live my life's mission. So, how do you do that? I mean, that's a because you're you're asking for you're asking for constraints at home with someone that is generally used to living in an unconstrained manner. I think the key is realizing that it's not constraints; it's conversations. So. It's not about, I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to grow my business. It's what do you need in order to feel seen, loved, secure while I go out and do that? So what, what your spouse might need is to find out what is their love language. So I want, I want a date night once a week. I need, I want you to see how I do a great job being in a corporate environment or a mom to kids. I want you to be interested into something that I'm interested. Like I'm watching this great TV show. Can we watch it together? Right. So it's it's forming bonds that are interesting for the other focused person, not only for you. So getting interested in their environment. Okay. And so what were some other in terms of people that you've spouses that you've seen where it's been very successful? What kind of um I guess, what does it look like? What, is, what does success look like within within a marriage of a very, I don't want to say um, enabling or um, codependent spouse with a very narcissistic driven spouse? How, how do you find that? How do you find that balance? Because one will try to consume the other. Right. I'm not sure I can tell you a public figure that has no, I don't want any public balance. names or public figures. Just some, what, what do you think that would look like? Okay, that that would look like both. I think like I, I just wrote this in my book about COOs. And I think the key lies to going from passive aggressive to assertiveness, learning how to become assertive on both sides of the spectrum. Assertiveness is say what you mean and mean what you say. Don't try to say things backhandedly. Don't try to say things. It's fine, whatever. Or passive aggressive is, I guess it's me again doing bedtime, right? So instead of saying, you know, what happens is resentment. Resentment, the root of resentment is is jealousy. You're seeing somebody have something that you think you cannot have. So as a spouse, if you see your entrepreneurs like going out, having meetings, doing all these fun stuff, and you're feeling jealous, it's either creating a request or changing your belief about what you could have or can't have. Like who says you can't take time off? Who says you can't go out with friends? Or ask the entrepreneur, is it possible once a week you stay home and I go out, right? right. Yeah, have you read, uh, just uh, have you read Buy Back Your Time as an aside? 
great book, but it, it talks a little bit about that in terms of um, the fact that that in many cases these these very visionary entrepreneurial I guess traits that they have many of them are massively self destructive and and it's literally they need the chaos so much that they will that they will seek to find it even when none exists and I, but so I think the recognition of that is probably a huge thing not only in terms of how they're how they're interacting with the business world or their outside world but also their world at home no question 100% and as a spouse of an entrepreneur I went from loathing those characteristics in my husband and actually loving them and I I get so happy like when we sit somewhere and I see him like challenging somebody or driving things to the next level or wanting more bigger better and I'm like that's my guy, you know? And I think that is the attitude that needs to change. Like recognize your spouse's strengths and how it is creating a better life for you. Now tell me about now raising children, because now you've got, you have three other people in the house besides you and your spouse that you've got to manage this dance with. What does that look like? Ooh, so I don't know why in my world's mind, I didn't think that if we're two entrepreneurial parents, we will not have entrepreneurial kids. Like, I think they come out of an, of the womb entrepreneurs. And what I realized in the last year is that they are, they are already being salespeople with me 90% of the time. Mom, can I have one more snack? Could I stay up one hour more? And when I switch my mindset to, I am raising entrepreneurs, I want to show them how to be the best entrepreneur possible. I had this conversation with my nine-year-old and I said, you know, I have no doubt that you're going to be a, a great salesperson. So th from now till you become an adult, my job is going to be to teach you how to be a great salesperson. The foundation of a great salesperson is that when at the close of that deal, both sides feel like a winner. When you say, but can I have more? But can I have more? I feel like a loser now and a loser doesn't want to do a deal again with somebody that makes them feel that way. So let's work on skills where we can both feel like winners all the time. So if you tell me, ma, I'm going to clean up the toys. Can I stay up another hour? Then we're both becoming winners in the deal. So I'm, I'm taking that, uh, that approach to parenting. Awesome. Awesome. And how about in, for, in terms of your spouse now that you've got, because I, I would say that, you know, from my perspective, you get married and that is one thing you, you introduce now children into the, into the mix. And it's, it's a completely, you've got an X factor there times 10. How has your husband re responded or reacted or, or how has it sh maybe shaped his, the way he navigates the business world now having not just you that uh, is in his life, but three, three other children. Well, I'm fascinated by his natural uh, ability to fascinate my kids, like to push them to the next level, to get them to think out of the box. But truly, I haven't done the research on this, but I think entrepreneurial spouses have must probably have less kids because you have that compulsive fa factor. You have that people that are driven have a lower tolerance for stress throwing a kid into the mix will, you know, unbalance things very fast. I think we're not talking enough about uh, male postpartum depression. We're not talking enough about, you know, a, a, a female has a baby and everybody understands that she is tired, can't make dinner, overwhelmed. If the guy's an entrepreneur and his wife has a baby and he still has to hold down a whole business, come home and help out, and be emotionally there for his wife, that's a lot. 
And I think that most entrepreneurs cannot handle that. And so how do they respond to that when put in that position? They create more chaos. I, I, I have seen that time and time again. They'll decide that's a great time to buy another business, to invest in something stupid. It will most probably be stupid because they are desperately trying to create control. So they're not they're not thinking through it. They're in that compulsive <clears throat> place, right? Right. So they're right. going to do compulsive stuff. They might get into an addiction. Um, the, naturally, entrepreneurs are attachment avoidant. So they run away from emotions, connection, intimacy. When they are put in a place where somebody needs them, it's very scary for them. Entrepreneurs don't like to feel needed. So they're going to run away. I don't I don't have a good answer here, to be honest. So but it, let's say that you're listening to this now and, and um, this is resonating. You are an entrepreneur and you know you've got some things that you need to square away at home or you, maybe, there, maybe there is underneath some of the narcissism is a recognition that you could be doing a better job making your spouse uh, feeling more safe, feeling more needed, uh, feeling more respected. Or you're the spouse of an entrepreneur and you're like, wow, this is my guy or my woman. This is the person that I'm married to. What do you do now? Sure. I just want to make one comment that there's two types of narcissists. There is narcissists that are wired psychologically in their brain, DNA type of narcissists. Those people never change. But then there is chemically induced narcissism. Most entrepreneurs are chemically induced, meaning that dopamine is causing the narcissism. As soon as you have self-awareness and you're coming down from that scale, it, this is totally changeable. Seen it in my life. I've seen it in so many other couples where all you got to do is switch from like, am I being self-focused or other focused here, right? So I talk about entrepreneurs understanding that their spouses want, like understanding what each and every one of you want. As an entrepreneur, you want to win and your most important drive is freedom. You became an entrepreneur, you worked for somebody else and you said, nobody should tell me what to do. And I can do this bigger, better, faster, quicker. Correct? Right. So when you understand that that's what drives you, you understand your your spouse is being driven by they want to be seen and needed, then you can have that conversation. You can facilitate having a healthy conversation and a marriage because you both now understand what each other wants. So a spouse, if they understand that my husband's biggest drive is freedom and winning, I can use that in my conversations. I can say like, wouldn't it be a fabulous idea if you took time off and we would go on this big trip and we would have so much fun as a family, right? That's a win. You show them the win. Every entrepreneur wants to win. Right. Well, I think you made a really great distinction between a pure narcissist and a chemically driven narcissist, because that's an important one. There, there are truly some people out there that are, that will never that will never get it. But I think that when you talk about um, that other level, chemically driven level narcissism, it's almost, you know, all of us have had those, those times in our life where maybe we're trying to learn a new skill. None of it makes sense. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And then suddenly you're presented with just a slight change in the way of looking at things and the entire world opens up and now you can do things you could never do in the past. And I do think relationships are often like that as well, where, you know, you, you might be banging your head against the wall in one case with a person. It could be a client. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. And then all of a sudden you just flip that lens a little bit 
and provide there's an openness within you to recognize that, hey, you don't have all the answers and there might be another angle that I can, that I can attack this thing, then things change completely. So I think that was a really important distinction. For people that are either in, interested in, your, in the EOS work that you're doing or learning more about the Driven Spouse Forum, how do they reach you? How do they contact you? Sure. So I want to I want to just say what I'm working on. And yeah, I you haven't heard about that, I think, since last time we spoke. So what I'm working on is helping both sides. What does that look like? Oftentimes, entrepreneurs, they want the best for their spouse. They just don't they they're not capable or don't want to or don't have the time to go out of that circle of that center focused space to say okay what was my spouse need and my challenge is also how do we get other focused spouses to join the conversation to get along the ride of self growth because I think that's what's important. What happens is there's this gap that happens. Uh, entrepreneurs are very much having the conversation right now about inner growth, self growth. A strategic coach is talking about it. Genius Network is talking about it, right? We're all we're all talking about self development, but that conversation isn't reaching the spouses. So I'm I'm launching the Driven Spouse Forum. It is open right now to as a beta group, thirty entrepreneurs. What's going to happen is you sign up, you fill out information about your spouse, name, address, email, whatever, and your spouse gets this beautiful box in the mail that says, "This is a thank you." And it's a thank you from you, the entrepreneur, to show your spouse how much you care and love and want to build a relationship with them. Your spouse then goes online and fills out a survey about what they love, color, smells, spaces, restaurants, what kind of aesthetic they have. I then curate unique gift list that I send to the entrepreneur with reminders for birthdays and anniversaries that now you have things that your spouse will most probably love. Because I find that oftentimes this is the biggest pain point in entrepreneurs. It's like they cannot begin to fathom about like, what is my spouse love? And instead they buy their spouse's gift about either what they love as an entrepreneur, or it's like what my assistant thought about, right? right. And then this, and they're excited and they're bringing home this gift and the spouse looks at it and is like this, like, do you even know me, right? So I think that's the first step to solving this issue. And once we go into that, the spouse is invited into a conversation, a forum. And my future goal for this is to do monthly challenges for couples to get to know each month to get to know each other better and have more of that self-growth conversations. Well, that's a great system because you're creating now a brand new positive feedback loop. 100%. So you're, 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 you're hitting all the dopamine receptors basically <laughs> with that all the way around. That, that's, yeah. that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. So you can find, you can go to drivenspouseforum.com to sign up to get updates on when this is going to launch. And for everything else, you can go to www.eosworldwide.com backslash Rachel dash That's all the work that I do as a EOS implementer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. And it's a great conversation. I think it's one that's very, very important because to me, it's 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 not just heartbreaking, but it's really catastrophic when you see people that have been able to create wonderful things out there in the world that are helping people, whether it's a service or a product that are generally moving the ball of humanity forward, but they can't do it at home or they, I shouldn't, shouldn't say can't, they've been unable to do it at home yet. And when I see that, that those kind of marriages or relationships either under stress or breaking up, it's, it's, it's awful and it doesn't need to happen. And I think that you're out there 
providing a system and tools in the place to to help ensure that uh, there's far fewer of these far fewer of these of these teams, which is really in many ways what they are that they get broken up than ever should. Yes, thank you so much for creating the space for me to share this conversation and get this message out there. My pleasure. That was a uh, a riveting conversation for a couple of different reasons, not the least of which for me, my daughter is married to an entrepreneur. And, um, and, and one of the things that didn't come up, Rachel, and I don't know that this plays, I don't know where it plays a role, but entrepreneurs have a much, much higher t- risk tolerance than many people. And I think that spouses of entrepreneurs need to understand that. The question is, how does that work in the relationship and how, how does that factor in to that relationship? Sure. So I briefly mentioned that spouses of entrepreneurs want to be loved and seen, appreciated, and a sense of security, yeah. right? So entrepreneurs are high risk takers. It all comes down to a conversation. That conversation might be like, what kind of security do you need in order for me to be able to take risk? So do we need to put X amount of money into an account that is mm-hmm. not in, involved in the risk? Do you mm-hmm. need a monthly allowance? You know, I, me and my husband figured out that I get an allowance, separate bank account, money that I can spend on whatever I want. I, for many years, invested that money and grew it. And sometimes I decided to buy bags and shoes with it. But that gave me so much power and it made me feel independent. I, I hate to see spouses having to ask the entrepreneur, hey, can I ha- can I borrow your, bear- like your credit card? I want to buy you a gift, right? You, you want to give that independence. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Brett, thank you for facilitating this conversation because, as always, it's a compelling listen. Thanks so much. We know how to get a hold of Rachel, and I hope people do reach out to Rachel. For people who want to talk to you, how do they reach out to you, Brent? Yeah, um, you can call me here in the office at 602-255-0555, either myself or Andy or Kayla or Susan. We'll pick up the phone, and, and they've all got access to my calendar. Uh, on social media, I'm active on LinkedIn. And so if you just search me on LinkedIn, I will pop up. Uh, website is mpadvisorsaz.com or smartmoneysimplified.com. And that's got all of our contact information as well. And uh, yeah, if this has stimulated any kind of thoughts for anyone, uh, if they want have an introduction to Rachel, if there's anything that, uh, that, that further questions that they might have about how this could possibly impa- impact their life, I'd love to hear from them. So thanks for uh, for suggesting that, Bill. Yeah, no, it, it's a great conversation. And in fact, Honestly, your podcast is a compelling podcast so that if people are not subscribers already, I would just highly recommend that they hit the subscribe button. It's really the easiest thing you can do all day long and you'll be subscribed. Then you will not miss another episode of this podcast with Brent. It's terrific stuff. And we would also humbly ask that if you like it and share it with friends and help spread the word about the podcast and get the word out there. On behalf of Brent and everybody at MP Advisors, I'm Bill Tucker reminding you that you have a choice. You can go out and make this a great day today or not. The choice is yours. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Money Simplified Podcast. Have any questions about topics covered during the show? 
visit www.smartmoneysimplified.com or give us a call at 602-255-0555. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated, MP Advisors LLC, is not a broker slash dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.